Welcome to the Learn Fresh podcast. My name is Nick Monzi, CEO and co-founder of Learn Fresh, and I'm joined by my co-host Calvin Seibert, our Chief Mission Officer, aka Coach Calvin, aka Smooth Junior, aka the Game Changer of Education. Changing the game. On this podcast, we talk about the intersection between education and community. How does the broader community provide value to the education sector, our schools, and out-of-school time programs, and what can education do to prepare students for the broader world? Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. We're live uh, from the Boost Conference in Palm Springs, California, for another edition of the Learn Fresh podcast. And today we're going to share a little bit about our preeminent experience in the Learn Fresh uh, community, which is our NBA Matthews Global Championship, formerly the NBA Matthews National Championship. Uh, my name is Nick Monzi, CEO and co-founder of LearnFresh. I'm joined by Calvin and Mariana, who will introduce themselves briefly. Um, but to start, I'd love to just give you a little bit of context about who we are, what we do, and the, the purpose and mission of our work. Uh, LearnFresh as an organization sits at the intersection point of student STEM and social emotional development and sports and entertainment. So all of our programs take themes from professional sports, uh, the music industry, entertainment industry, and infuse them into STEM programs like NBA Math Hoops, uh, our STEM League program with the Major League Baseball Players Association, uh, STEM Goals, a program that we are running uh, now with Major League Soccer, and so on and so forth. Um, and the experiences include game-based learning elements, physical board games, digital learning experiences, uh, curricula that frame those experiences into the context of a professional sports season for the classroom or after school program. Uh, and then we partner with pro teams and leagues from across the country to create unique experiences for students in arenas with athletes, with uh, members of team staffs. And so uh, over the last 10 years, this is our 10th year of operation uh, formally as Learn Fresh. Uh, over the last 10 years, we've created a really incredible uh, suite of experiences for students uh, throughout each school year that ultimately culminate specifically for our basketball program in the NBA Matthews Global Championship. Mariana and Calvin, uh, have Calvin's now with Learn Fresh and the organization. Mariana is still a close partner, um, but they both were educators in the program back in 2016, 2017, when we launched the NBA Matthews National Championship. And their students actually uh, met in the final round of the tournament, uh, first place, second place. <laughs> and uh, so today we're going to just look back, reflect on that experience, talk a little bit as we go about what the program means to the both of them and to their students. And then we'll wrap up by sharing a little bit about uh, the future and where we're hoping to take our work uh, over the next 10 years. So, Mariana, do you want to start by just sharing a little bit about your background, who you are, where you're from, what is the work Sure, sure. Thank you for the invitation, Nick. Uh, so, Mariana Lopez Quintanilla. I'm a program director with Bay Area Community Resources, and we are a nonprofit in the San Francisco Bay Area. Uh, we operate over 120 uh, expanded learning programs, and we also work in other industries um, in community services and mental health support and workforce development. And I started working uh, with LearnFresh when I was a program coordinator at a site with about 120 students. And we started doing this with our fifth grade uh, students. And do you want me to start going into that? Or? <laughs> uh, you can share a little bit okay. if you like. Yeah. Uh, well, let me tell you a little bit. Uh, I'm from Venezuela, so um, I'm an immigrant and an English language learner, proud. I was asked one if my accent will ever go away. And I'm like, no, that's <laughs> part of who I am. I, I love my accent. So um, anyhow, I work with immigrant children. Uh, that school um, is 99% uh, families from Latin America, immigrant families in Bringing this program was really exciting for them, and it was a, a huge uh, learning course because some of them didn't know about what was drafting a team, what you know, what was all the happening in the major league baseball, and for them, um, the first time in a big stadium was thanks to the experience of joining uh, Learn Fresh. So it has been a beautiful journey. Absolutely, Calvin, you want to share a little bit about yourself, your background, your work? <clears throat> sure. So. Um... My hometown is Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I uh, ended up becoming a teacher because I wanted to be the teacher I never had. <laughs> I wanted to be that uh, that shine in the classroom. Um, and my 20th year into teaching, um, 
I met Nick Monzi at a training called NBA Math Hoops. Um, my principal pretty much said, uh, you know, go to this training and learn this NBA game so that our seventh graders can do, you know, better on those test scores and overall as, as our whole school, like bring this program back. Um, the NBA was always special to me. I always told my friends and family I was going to make it to the NBA, <laughs> but uh, I got injured a lot playing basketball, so that wasn't my way. <laughs> so um, I w was just blown away at this uh, training that Nick um, gave us in Detroit. There were about 50 teachers there, and I remember looking at all the teachers and saying, I'm going to do this program better than all of you teachers here. Uh, in my mind, I said that, of course, I didn't say it out loud, but I brought it back to my kids, uh, my seventh graders, and they struggled with basic math facts, and uh, this program really helped them in that space. I remember in the first uh, couple of weeks, they were counting on their fingers, trying to master those skills. And uh, after a couple of weeks, the fingers weren't needed. It was already in their mind, and they were math hooping in our classroom. <laughs> so um, that's, that's how NBA Math Hoops came into uh, the Detroit city, pretty much. And uh, after that, um, I, re I recall uh, some NBA players coming to our classroom and learning the game and having the coolest field trips ever. <laughs> That's what the kids used to always say. This is the best field trip I've ever had. And uh, it just kept them close to the NBA space. And just the fun learning um, was just so special in the classroom. Um, I used to try to reinvent myself every year as a 20-year teacher. And I was glad this year I didn't have to reinvent myself. I already had the vehicle. And uh, the NBA space really disguised the learning for the kids. So, and, and just to be clear, Calvin now is a member of the Lauren Fresh team after the 2016-17 school year. Uh, he joined our organization as chief mission officer, and uh, he's been helping to spread the good word about Learn Fresh programming and Learn Fresh community uh, since then. Um, I'd love to transition the conversation a little bit to the kind of core of what we're here today to talk about. And that's the experience uh, that some of your specific students had within our MBA Math Hoops program uh, and how their journey through the program impacted their life uh, in the moment and then bigger picture. Um, to get to kind of the punchline of, of that conversation, I'd love to just check in. I know that we don't know a ton yet about where Angela and Patricia are, but I'd love to, to check in a little bit on, you know, where these students who we worked with five, six years ago are in this moment right now. Um, and, and just to tell a little bit about their story, uh, the two students who won, the students play in teams of two when they play in NBA Matthews. The two students who won the national championship in 2017, the first event, were actually twins from the Bay Area, Angela and Patricia Rodas. And then uh, Davion Smith, who was Calvin's student, finished in second place with a student from Flint, Michigan. And so um, I'd love to just talk a little bit about where they are right now, how old they are, what grade they're in, what's happening in their life, if we know that information. Could we, could we step back a little bit and tell them how it started? Because I think... We're going to go to that. Oh, we're going yeah, to go yeah. to that. Okay, yeah. well, okay. well Angel, Angela and Patricia are still in the Bay Area, and they're in high school, same same school district, uh, doing well. I'm not super close to them right now. Uh, I lost a little track after eighth grade, but I know that they're doing well, and they're very academic-oriented, and there has been a life change for them because of the game and because of having the experience they have, which I guess we will tell you more about in a second. <laughs> yeah, and they're about, so they're in 12th they're, grade. There should be, yeah, they yeah. should be now uh, seniors. Yeah, and they're about to go into college next year. Mm -hmm. And then Davion, I know you've stayed in contact with Davion. Yeah, Davion's like my other son. <laughs> um, ever since he came into my classroom, he embraced me as a, a father figure, as a, as a teacher. Um, he's always a leader in the classroom. Um, I used to tell some of my other students, like, uh, you know, Davion's a good example. Since you don't want to hear me, pay attention to him because he pretty much was, you know, he, he followed the blueprint. Um, he understood uh, attitude uh, means everything, and he worked really hard. Um, he is now a freshman at Wayne State University. Um, I, I mess with him because we talk a lot on the phone. I actually talked to him earlier today just to let him know, you know, where I was at, and he checks on me like, like a son would. And so um, I was just, you know, really excited to hear from him and just 
the moment where I realized like he got it was at the actual national championship when we came in second place to your team. And uh, he, he kind of realized like in that moment, um, winning is not always the most important thing. What our, our program is about showing good sportsmanship and just kind of being cool whether you win or lose, you know, this board game. And he was challenged with that moment when we uh, missed that last shot in the game. And uh, I remember him saying, I, I wish I, I wanted to win for you, Mr. Seibert. And I had to remind him and say, you did win. You, you were the only student from Detroit that was picked. And I said, and you did everything you could. You know, you, Chris Paul missed that last shot, but that's okay. The state farm insurance was no good that time. <laughs> but um, he got it, you know, that moment. And, uh, and like I said, now he's a freshman at Wayne State. Um, he's trying to walk on the basketball team. Um, he's six foot six now. And when he was uh, NBA math hooping, he was five foot seven. So he, he has his dream height. He always talked about wanting to be six foot six. And um, and he just stays real close to to me. Uh, learn fresh. He comes to our events. Um, he was he just asked, "When is the regional championship? I want to go." And I was like, "Oh man, it happened last week." And uh, but the last time he went, he passed off the trophies to the winning team. And he just has stayed connected, and and he gets it. Um, the whole when you talk about a life changing program and experience, that's what our our programs are about. And it's so cool to watch him grow. Um, he just had a birthday and he actually texted my wife, me and my, well, he texted me and asked, could, uh, could we go to lunch <laughs> with, you know, uh, all together? And, and we were able to chat with him and, and talk about his life experiences right now. He's working, he's in college. He understands that books are expensive <laughs> and uh, he's really embracing um college life, which is really good. A lot of kids in Detroit, the goal is to make it to uh, kind of like Ford Chrysler and GM and, and, you know, you get a good job like that and, you, and you're set for life kind of. But um, he he had a different plan, a different vision. Um, he still is focused and saying that he's going to make it to the NBA. And uh, he, he just has to know that there are all types of different spaces that you can make it to the NBA. And being six foot six does help. But um, who knows what, you know, what's going to be his future. But he's staying connected to the people that love and care about him. And that's super special for a student to embrace that and to know that they can reach out to you whenever they need to. Absolutely. Yeah, and our programming, I think one of the cool things about your story with Davion, you know, uh, oftentimes we think about curriculum as just a thing that shows up in the classroom and it's something that we have to do. Our experiences, we really try and build in a way that allows the teacher to build better relationships with their students. And so I think your, your connection with Davion and his growth are a great example of that. So this is a really cool time to reflect on this just because, you know, the twins are going into college next year. Davion's in his first year of college. Let's take it back to the beginning of their engagement with the MBA Matthews program. And so can you just paint the picture for me about where each of these students were before they engaged with the experience? What were they like? Uh, you know, where was their confidence in relationship to learning or math um, or, you know, engaging in, in team-based learning? Um, you know, how did they approach school? Well, as, as you mentioned they're twins, right? Angela and Patricia. And Patricia was extremely shy. And Patricia wouldn't do anything without Angela. And Angela was really outgoing. And we introduced this uh, program, this game. So it was a game. We're, we're going to have a game that is going to help you uh, have a faster math functionality. Let's put it that way. So be faster and sharper at math. And we introduced the game and we saw quickly how... Patricia was so fast doing the math and Angela needed the help from Patricia, but because Patricia was so shy, she needed the help from Angela and being more outgoing. So it was like a perfect marriage, <laughs> let's put it that way. And uh, we we had, you know, this program where we met every week and we they, they got really excited, very competitive. You know, it's very simple. It's dice and you have a board game that looks like the court, the basketball court, and you do your math and you add, subtract, multiply, divide, depending on the level. And it got really competitive, really exciting uh, for the adults as well, because you sit down and you 
play with them. And that's the part of building their relationships. They will tell you a lot of things they wouldn't tell you in a different times. But one day Nick came to visit and see how the program was going because we were piloting the program. It was really early stages. It was a, a grant from the Warriors Foundation, if I recall correctly. Early 2015. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, they sat and played with Nick and they won. And Nick is like, oh, my God, they're even faster than me. <laughs> and then uh, I think it was, I don't remember, it was Patricia or Angela who asked you, which school did you go? And then Nick said, and they're like, well, I want to go to that school. Well, that school is Harvard. So they were like, we want to go to Harvard. And then other events happened. There were events held at the Oakland uh, former stadium. The, what's the name? I'm blank with the name. Well, Oracle. the Oracle, Oracle Arena. Oracle. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and then it, that was incre an incredible experience for them uh, to play there. And they won. It wasn't a national championship, but it was they won. The regional. The yeah. regional. Yeah. And then they won on the court one day. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, during a game, and that was again another amazing experience. And this kept kept growing and growing. And then there was a championship event at Stanford, right? So now these girls' vision is: I want to go to Harvard and Stanford. Uh, I definitely need to find out uh, where they're going. <laughs> but um, at any rate, it was. And, and sorry, and another very important piece of this was the family engagement. Because um, the family was, of course, learning, you know, hearing from me, can I take your daughters to this event? Can I do this? Do you want to come? I mean, they they work. They unfortunately were not able to join uh, this event, but I will send them pictures and videos. And uh, we then created all this relationship and we are able to visit them and learn from, from the dad after the championship, uh, what this had meant for them. And I mean, they were like the most famous figures in their family. Right. Like for them, having these two girls that won this math championship was a life changing uh, event. And I think it is up today, you know, how how they look up to them and, and their hard work and how pr proud the, the dad and the mom are. And Patricia is no longer that shy. Patricia has really got out of the cocoon. I mean, she's really flourish yeah and i mean in, in middle school i saw it especially at that difficult uh, age and they kept playing kept playing until seventh grade and there were there was a time where I, they they won two championships actually right they two won, local yeah. and then the national yeah. right right and then there was a time that where they said that's it we're not playing anymore we're retired one of the things that you talk about is their shine and i remember them both being somewhat shy in yeah, the beginning in particular and then one more than yeah. the other. Um, and then every time that they would go to an event, like a, a public event in the Bay Area, they would break out of their shell a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Um, what parts of the experience for them do you think activated that change? I think um, building their self-confidence, you know, like uh, unfortunately uh, we are in a society and an educational system sometimes you know, put some emotional hurdles on kids with the message we're sending. Uh, you know, you're, you're living in poverty. You have all these stressors. Your parents' immigration status is getting on the way of some things. Um, you are with mixed uh, demographics and socioeconomic levels in the schools. And the stigma in society is that you need to have money to be successful. And I think that really pulls at all, especially at that age, fifth, sixth, seventh grade. And I think this tournament for them, like, they became famous. I mean, like, we were going prices and people, oh, these are the twins, the twins, the twins, the twins, right? So it really builds up their self-confidence, their confidence level and self-esteem. And, you know, I think was that, that was the key. Like they were seen beyond their immigration and socioeconomic status. Yeah, I think that really changed. We didn't do our homework. We didn't know about the twins. <laughs> yeah. It just happened. And I think that's one of the beauty of, and I was mentioning this to you, Nick, before, one of the beauty of, of this program that is linked in sports with academic is how it is going beyond cultural barriers. Because any child for any cultural background will like a sport or the other. And, and making that relevant to them and linking it to the academic piece is really changing the outcome. And I think that's one of the things that learned for us accomplish. Absolutely. And for us, I haven't talked about this much with you either, but we're building into the entertainment space as well. And so all the students who 
there there may be a sub segment of students who don't necessarily like sport, but then everyone likes music, right? And so everyone has an entertainer that they look up to in some form. And so that we're trying to cover all the bases in that sense. But the point that you made around them becoming famous locally, I mean, they really did. They were in Warriors videos and they were on the news and they traveled to Sacramento to play against teams there and everything. And part of that experience was the connection with the professional team, yes. right? And then being able to get that visibility and then that increased their confidence. And so thinking about how we design experiences, we really try and include that component where the learning can stretch beyond the classroom and create not necessarily conditions for students to become famous, but conditions for them to feel like the world is connected to what they're doing. It, it gives them agency. I mean, it definitely gives them agency. And, and even and even if they don't like the sport, because I have to say, up to today, we're still implementing math hoops. So there might be students that don't like basketball, but they still enjoy playing the game. And this game also exists in large scale. So you can actually play the game in the court, <laughs> not only on the board game, which is, is so, so much fun. And then you realize some kids didn't understand the game and that's why they didn't like it. And then this also helped them to expand their horizons and understandings and like other things. So it's also exposure to new things. Absolutely. Yeah. So Calvin, let's turn to your journey. Uh, so we have the twins in the Bay Area. They had participated in multiple regional events and won. They were kind of building this local celebrity, if you will. Uh, and then they went to the national championship, which Mariana alluded to at Stanford in 2017. And that was really the start of our programmatic expansion to a national level as well. Calvin, you were introduced to the program at a training in Detroit. You often talk about how you came up to me and said that you would see me at the national championship and, and you didn't think, think I'd believe you, you. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I also told, told you how many people said that to me that year. So, <laughs> uh, so, so we actually, we actually did end up seeing you at the national championship. championship. There was some, some kind of impetus at the start of that journey though, for you to create engagement for your students and to start to build that locker room type feel in your classroom. And then something hooked Davion in that. Can you talk a little bit about that start? Yeah, so uh, it, it it really did start with me because being a competitive uh, person, I always want to win a little too much sometimes. That's why we... Do you want the best Exactly. So um, the goal, like I said, of making it to this championship, um, I was always taught that you got to speak things into existence. So when I shook Nick's hand, I was like, I was really calling it out in that moment. Like, I'll see you at the national championship, like seriously. And uh, and I just took it up another notch. I was like, so what would make my students love this game even more? Like, I'm already going to have all the energy. I'm going to be excited about it. What would make them love it even more? And I thought about it. I was like, just change your whole classroom into an NBA locker room. Like, literally make everything NBA in there. I went to GameStop and I got a life-size cardboard character of Paul George because he was the 2K uh, poster. Uh, he was the 2K photo uh, for that game. And I remember asking the guy, like, can I purchase this cardboard character of, of Paul George? And he's like, you're a, you're grown, a grown man. man. Why would you want a cardboard <laughs> character of Paul George? And I was like, because I'm a teacher and I'm going to bring it into the classroom and my kids are going to be excited about this game called NBA Mathoops. And he's like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah, how much? And he actually says, you can have it for free. I folded it up, put it in my car, and like I said, created the classroom experience. And I remember how the students walked in, and they were just like, oh, my gosh, what is going on in this room? I'm like, we're getting ready to play an NBA game, and here's the locker room, so let's get it. And I remember some of the kids would stand next to the cardboard character and take a photo with their, with their phones and stuff. And then I knew I had hooked them right then. And so um, I remember Davion, um, he kind of, he struggled with math. It wasn't his strong subject. And uh, he was one of the ones counting with the fingers in the beginning stages. But he always had this, um, this work ethic where he's like, I want to I learn it. I'm going to get better at it. And I remember him, um, who, I, I paired him up with the young lady in the classroom that's how I paired my students up with boys that were, that knew the game of basketball, but kind of struggled with math with the girls who didn't know the game of basketball, but were strong at math. That's how I created the teams. And I remember um, he just, 
you know, he became that leader. He was almost like the spokesperson for NBA math hoops. I remember we went to a, uh, a, a regional championship uh, at the old Palace of Auburn Hills. They now play at the Little Caesars Arena. But um, we went to that event, and I remember um, the media folks were asking to speak to him. And he embraced that space, and he spoke, you know, like he was an NBA player in that moment. And he talked, you know, about how he's learning math, and it's teaching him and making him more confident. And, and that's when I realized, like, oh, he's getting it. Yeah, he understands and I remember telling him, I'm like, if you play this game and if your attitude stays cool, they could pick you for the national championship. And he's like, are you serious? And I was like, yeah. He's like, where will we go if, if it does happen? I said, we'll be flying to California. He's like, you know, I've never been on a plane. You know, I've never left Detroit. And I was like, I know, man. Just keep hooping. Keep math hooping, man. <laughs> they might pick us. And uh, I remember when we got that email that he was picked and... It was the like Christmas in June feeling like he was like, really? I'm really going to California? I was like, we're going to California. Don't forget me. And I also told him um, it was full circle because in seventh grade, I flew to California because my aunt was having a baby and my grandmother, she took me on that plane. So I was like, it was just full circle for both. I was just like, wow, like he finally gets to, you know, leave Detroit and experience another place. And I remember when he walked around and we did our, our campus tour, he was like, I want to go to Stanford university. And, and that moment of him saying that was just, it was life changing. Like he's, he now had, you know, a, a reason and, and, and belief and faith. And if I do good in school, I can, I can go anywhere. And when we ended up coming in second place, we embraced second second place. Thank you. We came, <laughs> came back, back. Um, and he, when he came back to Detroit, it was like he was first place. The Pistons gave him a jersey um, right along with his partner, uh, Asia Mays from Flint. And he was on every social media Pistons page and just, he was embraced. Even when he came back to the school and he was treated as if he won the whole thing. And so it just taught him, which I was telling him, to embrace whatever place you come in because you you, you never know what could happen next. And uh, it was just, I'm kind of getting the chills talking about it because I lived it. I watched him grow. And now to see him still staying close to Learn Fresh and, you know, possibly one day, you know, maybe interning for us and, and, and embracing a space that we could have for him there. It's just like, wow, like it all came from a seed of NBA math hoops. And now he's this student that gets it. He's so helpful. Um, he understands his role and, and he believes he can do anything. The, the point around second place, and we were joking about, you know, first, second, whatever. But I think what it taught him is that you have to embrace the journey, the process, right? And so yes. there's a lot of achievements that happen along the way that aren't necessarily defined as first, second, third, whatever, that you can still really lean into and help to shape your life. And so he, he experienced that for sure. Um, and to classify, these kids have to work hard because, yeah, you know, they have to, co they accumulate points and the points were going to be accumulated as, because it's not only the game, there's a curriculum attached to the game, right? So they have to do these lessons, they have to bring it back, they have, they accumulate all these points. So, is hard work and perseverance that has also been uh, included with this process. I'm glad you said that because he, he, I remember uh, he missed a couple of days of school and he he would say, hey, uh, Mr. Cyber, I, I need to get my math hoops games in. Do you mind if I stay back and play during lunchtime in your room? And I was like, the teacher's sacred lunch room? I was like, are you serious? He's like, yes, I have to get these games in. And I was like, you got somebody you're playing? He's like, yeah, I'm going to play with, uh, you know, another student. And I was like, okay, now when you play in the room, just let me have my space and don't talk about my Brussels sprouts and how they smell because this is my lunch and it was made for me. <laughs> he was like, I'm not going to say nothing. And so it was a moment of just him understanding that he needed to play a certain amount of games and him taking ownership and knowing that he needed to get these extra games and he was going to get them any way possible. So that was... <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I love that. We do. I'll talk a little bit about the qualification for nationals in, the, in just a second, but the it also teaches about commitment. Yeah, yeah. like commitment something. One other thing that I think is really cool about the dynamic of the different students here is 
we often talk with the program about how some students enter into the space because of their affinity for the sport or for the genre of entertainment or whatever. And that's the motivator for why they want to participate in the program. And then other students enter because of their proficiency in math, but maybe they were never the athlete, right? Or they, they weren't playing on the court, but this was their way to connect with, with that space. And between these two students, I mean, I, I think the, the twins, they, they played some sports to, to some yeah, degree, right? Ba the basketball is, is popular among the moms yeah. in their community. So, yes. But they were... They, they had, were not playing it themselves. They, they weren't playing themselves. And they had, they were, you said one leaned on the other from a mathematical standpoint a little bit. Yeah. But by the end, I mean, they were crazy fast like they they, they, they were not a great level though <laughs> yeah because i mean the majority of the students that we have will be one or two grades below grade level so let's say they were just one grade below grade level but then they were because what happens you all know right it's the math facts that are holding them back on progressing in the math skills because it's taking their longer to do things and once they have that figured out it's like they accelerated take off. significantly yes. yeah mm -hmm. yeah i remember the core math teacher um, she said, why are they asking all these questions now? Like they're, they seem way more confident in math all of a sudden. And I was like, it's because of the NBA math hoops game. And she's like, no way. And I'm like, yeah, way it's teaching them the fundamental math. Now they can do your math that you are working on with them. And she was just mind blown by that. Like, she's like, so you got the cheat code game. Why didn't they let me teach it? <laughs> and at the same time, you are doing these basic fundamental math skills. Yep, yep. You're talking about statistics with these kids, right? Let's look about the, the odds of this player shooting a three point, right? It's like, and they even when maybe mathematical, they're not deeply understanding that. They are starting to be familiar with the language and the concept. So I think that... Yeah. Yeah, that's that's all really awesome context. So for the the twins, the entry point was kind of more academic, if you will, in a sense. I mean, they, they got competitive, um, but that that's what brought them to the program. And then Davion, you were saying that he was struggling mathematically, but he loved he's always loved basketball, and so that was his entry point. And so you have these two these two or three students entering the program from different uh, starting points from a kind of psychological standpoint, but then they, they end up in this shared experience yeah, together. Yeah. Um, so we've, we've touched on this lightly throughout the conversation, but the structure of the program, basically we start with the teacher training, the educators bring the program back to the classroom. From there, they implement the season over the course of, you know, 10 to 12 weeks, one to two times a week, playing the NBA Matthews game, which has real NBA and WNBA player statistics. Uh, they complete this curriculum series that has everything from a contract signing to a draft to a trade deadline to a championship tournament. And along the way, in order to qualify for the end global championship now, uh, they have to complete at least 25 games and all the lessons in the program. And so that's what Davion was really making sure that he, uh, he, he did. To get to the national championship, though, after all these regional events and all the things that we host with teams locally, students actually have to apply. And so we have to hear a little bit about the students' transformation through the program and their personal story and how that connects to the mission of the program. And so we don't just take the winners of the regional events. All these students that we're talking about had to apply to participate. Um, why did, you know, what was the motivator for each of you to pick the students that you did to apply? Well, effort. You know, how, how, remember, we had these math units that the kids needed to complete also with the games and they will take it and these girls will come and ask for more. And can we, so that, that motivation, right, which, which had to do with his dad, with their, their dad also, the dad wanted to help and sometimes learning with them, right, mm -hmm. learning that. So that, that family engagement piece was crucial, I think, in, in this particular uh, case. And then uh, the way I remember doing it, it was like looking at the kids that, that had that interest, most interest, and then putting it out there. Who wants to apply? And this is the deadline, and you have to do this and this in the video and come to my office at this time. And, and you know, it really show who wants to do it. It's like, and you're committed to this, and, and that's how it, it happened. Yeah, that's the same with Davion. He was he was more excited than anyone. He was actually like the same excitement that I had. I was like, wow, my student is just excited. Like every day he'd be like, are we playing today? Are we playing today? And and he would, you know, set out the cards sometimes and he was just super engaged. And 
it was like a goal. Like some people are goal oriented. Like he just really, once he realized we could, one, we could go to the regional championship, which was cool. It's in Detroit, but you know, that's, you know, that's a cool space to go to. But when I threw out the national championship, then it became even bigger for him because to be honest, how's, how else was he going to get to California, you know, in another space like that? Um, in his own life, that wasn't going to happen. So it was like, let me do all I can and and hopefully it'll happen. And I just kept saying, I think it's going to happen. Just keep having the faith. And he said, you said it, man. They picked me. I was like, yes. Yeah, yeah they got <laughs> you, man. You're going. <laughs> so we, we picked these students. They were flown or were they your students were already in the Bay, <laughs> Bay Area. They were flown to California otherwise. Um, and then the national championship experience itself is this three day uh, kind of comprehensive STEM sports cultural engagement where um, we that year we went to Bleacher Report to the offices and learned about journalism and sports. And uh, we went to Stanford and had an experience with professors there in the design school um, doing STEM maker projects. And then we you know, had an experience with the Warriors, learned from their stats and analysts about uh, how they use data to power the team on the court and then had the actual math hoops tournament with students from across the country. And so looking at that experience, big picture, before we kind of get to the culmination of the last game, what elements of that uh, that experience, what things that they experienced that weekend really changed or impacted the students the most? I, that, so I, when you said that, I thought of every kid – got a one-day contract for the Warriors. They literally gave them a contract like they were on the team for one day. And, you and, and it was during the finals. It was during the finals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a moment of them feeling like, yeah, you are a part of the Warriors team right now. My student held his contract up. He was like, I'm a part of the Warriors. And he yelled out like that moment. It was just like, oh, my gosh, like this is really all happening for the kids. It was that that one was the highlight for me <laughs> and for him, it seemed. Yeah, I think looking at like behind the scenes, right? This is how really things happen and understanding how math is involved in all of that the data, the statistic parts. And I the, I know they were really excited about journalism. Uh, yeah. It was like a very new, very new thing for them. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So those, those opportunities, again, to create touch points between the real world and the learning, it's magnified during that experience for sure. The actual Matthews tournament, so they made their way through the bracket to the final game. Um, and I, I remember it, A, being a really close game. I, at that point in our development organizationally, I don't think any any Matthews game had ever felt more like a real NBA game than, the, than when those students were playing. Um, but then what happened after the game was probably the most poignant part of the entire year for those students. And uh, maybe we can splice this in in the final edit of the podcast, but there's this really cool moment in the documentary that we made from that year when Davion's reflecting on the final game and his reaction. And the, it just showed such a striking moment of learning. Um, can you all just talk about the experience that the students had in the tournament, winning or coming in second place, and then what the impact of that moment had on their life afterward? Well, I think I think Angela and Patricia at that point were a little too confident <laughs> to put it that way, right? But nevertheless, it's still humble, right? So winning was definitely a surprise, full of excitement. Um, you know, it's so exciting for the adults too. I have to say, it's like we become children, right? Yeah. We we like the the excitement, and and again, going back to that recognition and the self validation that uh, sometimes is not always present for for kids that are struggling, right, uh, and facing many challenges in life. Yeah, and we often, you know, we'll talk about exemplars from any program in the education space. I mean, you can draw up an experience more perfectly than theirs because they started, they won the first event that they went to. They had this whole multi-year journey in the program, and then they won the national championship. And it was, as it was happening that day, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is we literally were, we, I mean, we, we planned that year to make a documentary and we were following both of their yes, programs yes. and I mean, we didn't, we didn't script it, it but it happened. just happened. Right. It and happened. it was, it was yeah. incredible. Um, Davion had 
the coolest moment that I've ever seen in our program after, after. the final game. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, can I well, let me share how that even happened. So um, the last shot. Uh, he, so there are these player cards that have one side has the poster of the player. On the other side, it has the actual stats. Their their two point percentage, their three point percentage, and then their free throw percentage. And so there's this circle graph, this pie graph, where they put this spinner on top and they flick it. And the circle graph is based on the real percentage of their their shooting percentages, two and three. So when Davion put the spinner on top of the car to take the last shot he flipped he flicked the spinner and it spun around and it landed in the mist area and i remember seeing him and he sunk down in his seat and i was like oh the last shot it didn't go in and i remember the twins they were close and they were smiling like yeah we won <laughs> and i remember looking at him and his partner and they were kind of just like oh, we didn't win and it's okay and I remember everyone got up and they were like taking these photos. And I, I looked and I saw everybody but my student. And I'm like, where is my student at? And so I'm looking for him and I, I don't see him. And I'm, and then I see someone standing behind a door. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I can see he's got tears. And I'm like, sir, are you okay? And he's like, no, I wanted to win for you, Mr. Cyber. And I was like, son, you did win for me. You made it here. You won at that moment. Yep, you missed that last shot, but it's all good, man. I'm like, everybody's taking photos. I need you to come on over here, wipe your face, and get over here and take these photos, man. Remember, you signed that sportsmanship contract. You said you were going to be cool whether you won or lost the game. So here's the moment. Here's the test. Go over there and be cool, man. And I remember... He walked over there and I can, you know, I remember some of the photos. They were still kind of a little bit sad, but he was, you know, sucking it up and, and trying to embrace the moment. And then after that, he didn't even know, but they all walked into this room. And uh, it, as I already said, but Christmas, the Christmas in June moment happened for them. There was about, I just roughly, I would say about $3,000 worth of swag from all the teams that helped fund our company. And they all had their own special chair and all this swag. So after that, you know, after the sad moment, you could tell like there was no more. Presence there was no more. <laughs> he got he a signed was- basketball from Magic Johnson from Michigan State in the plastic. I said, don't you ever dribble that ball in practice and play with that basketball there. Don't you do it. And he just got all this stuff and they all did. So it was just a moment of, wow, they all won technically for their hometowns. Talk about the documentary interview. So yeah, so we ended up, uh, I always taught all my students after the game to show good sportsmanship. Fist pound, shake a hand, say good game, whether you win or lose after every game. Um, the the championship game was so exciting that, um, like I said, that it didn't happen in that moment. So we did this documentary uh, the next year at my school Um, the school that I was teaching at and he was interviewed and in the interview he actually said I just want to say I didn't get a chance to say good game to the twins and I just want to say that right now you all played a great game and that was the full circle moment where I didn't even have to say it and didn't even realize it I didn't catch it in the moment but he did as the student and wanted to make sure that those um, that his opponents knew that, you know, he had good sportsmanship. He he missed it in the moment because he wanted to win, but he he embraced it and caught it right in that documentary. It's a tearjerker. It's called the NBA Math Hoop Story. So if you ever get a chance to click YouTube, put NBA Math Hoop Story, and and you'll and you'll see it for yourself. <laughs> that wasn't scripted at all. Twins. The last championship game, when the game was done, I did not get to shake y'all hands and tell y'all good game. So, good game, uh, yeah, good game. Yeah, his reaction was so pure. And and his ability to reflect on that moment and then apply in a really, really advanced way all the things that he had learned about how to engage with people and teamwork was just incredible. it's so interesting to me. So I, I had a meeting last week in New York uh, 
with this guy who is really interested in helping develop financial literacy extensions on the the core of what we're doing. And he worked in the finance industry at a really, really high level in New York for years. And it was so funny because I sat down and I showed him the game and, you know, we were talking through it and <laughs> I could tell that he was like, it's this simple. Like it really, this is all there is to it, you know? And when you look at the product at face value, it's very, very straightforward ultimately. And it's very easy, but this is all the stuff that happens because of it. And that's, there's so much depth in the experience that we often really struggle to communicate because it's hard to share stories like this in a really concise way. Um, but I think one of the beautiful things about what Tim, the original inventor of multiple products that we have created is that the experience is, uh, it's, it's so purely simple, but it, it's the foundation for something incredible for young people. Um, I want to talk a little bit, any, any last thoughts about the students before we pivot to the, to the next stage of the conversation? I do want to say when he came back to the school, uh, he wasn't the most popular kid, but when he came back and forward, he was. Um, from even from all the NBA swag, I mean, he he had a different shirt on, different jersey, different hat. Just he was just swagged out for the rest of the year, pretty much. And uh, in in Detroit, that's important. Um, it's important to to have cool clothes, to have to represent yourself in a, in a cool way. It's like the culture there; they embrace that. So. Um, I didn't even know that that was going to happen, but it happened for him. And I saw it. I even saw how he how he changed and it, and it stayed humble, though. It wasn't like, oh, I'm better than anybody. Oh, I'm, I'm look better than I'm fresher than it was. None of that. It was it was genuinely humble experience. And 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 that's why I picked him when, when we could have picked any student we wanted in the classroom to uh to apply and I picked him because I wanted this to change his life. I wanted him to see beyond uh the streets of Detroit, um beyond what they say you can be in Detroit. I wanted him to ha embrace all of that and and he was able to and he still does. I think I would like to add is uh after the championship um the twins were like ambassadors of math groups. When when that time came we're like they're like we're not participating in any more championships or they were able to talk to incoming sixth graders or in the summer program to fourth and fifth graders about how cool the game was and I think that's another piece that is have a, a leadership component right that that is uh, very important as well absolutely the, the story continues for the both of them so I want to spend the last 10 minutes or so that we have just talking about the future. Uh, the experience, the picture that we've painted for you about the NBA Matthews National Championship has continued to evolve over time. And it's taken some twists and turns during the pandemic. It had to be virtual. And then we came back in person last year in Philadelphia with the Sixers. This year, kind of in the spirit of the, the bigger picture of the organization, we've expanded the event to be the NBA Matthews Global Championship. And when I look back at the founding of the company, my co-founder Khalil and I, we sat down and had a whiteboarding session back in late 2012, early 2013. And we're thinking about all the dreams that we had for what the experience could look like. And at the time, you know, we were preparing later that year to pilot the program with 500 kids in Cleveland with the Cavaliers. And we were like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we had a national championship someday? And then we fulfilled that dream in 2017, uh, five years after we launched the program formally. And uh, at the time, I don't think we could have ever conceived about the idea of global. Um, but over the last few years post-pandemic, we've started to realize that. And uh, that has shown up in the basketball program. We were in Johannesburg, South Africa a couple of weeks ago, uh, working with NBA Africa and the Boys and Girls Clubs on the ground there uh, to start the development process of a bigger continental uh, expansion uh, there. Uh, we have programming in Australia now, uh, and students from those two locations will be coming to New York for the NBA Matthews Global Championship this summer in June. Uh, we have a new baseball program that we launched last year with the Major League Baseball Players Association. Uh, that experience has expanded to Colombia and Belize 
uh, to Mexico, uh, to Puerto Rico, to Hawaii, outside of, outside of the continental U.S. Students from all those locations are going to be coming to Seattle for our national all-star tournament that, are, that is held each year during the MLB All-Star Game and Home Run Derby. Um, and so the organization, one of the coolest things that I've observed personally, and this gets back to your point, Mariana, about the kind of relevance of the program, is we've seen students uh, in different parts of the world. We had an event in the Bahamas where we had kids from Cuba playing the baseball program. We just experienced this a couple of weeks ago in Johannesburg. Students all over the world sit down and play one of these games, and it feels and looks the same as students in every other place that we work. And I think that's such a powerful, transformative thing, because in education, finding things like that is really hard. It is. And I, I don't say that selfishly about our work, but I say that with optimism about what can be created in the future in this space. And so this year we get to realize this dream of reaching kids in, in other parts of the, of the, the, the globe um, by bringing them to New York, bringing them to the NBA draft. Uh, we're going to actually bring them to the draft, uh, hopefully host them at, the, at Madison Square Garden for the final round of the tournament um, and you know, start to create the next version of what this picture looks like. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, you, you touched on this before, but just how you see experiences like this connecting to students from all different backgrounds all around the world? What, what have you observed that? Why is that important to you? Well, I think we we live in a segregated world, right? And, and I mean, if we look at this country, I mean, we cannot even talk about different presidents because we might not talk to our family members for a year, right? That These are real this happen in reality. And I think these type of experiences are going to uh, build bridges. Um, I, I think particularly about the middle school where Angela and Patricia attended, um, that uh, the after-school program is segregated, right? The, the after-school program is attended mostly by the low-income families, while the families that are middle in the middle of the income level and above uh, will have another type of experiences at the same school. And um, we're going to tell you an example of uh, offering lacrosse for kids and being the perception that only one particular group of students will enjoy lacrosse. While what we saw was that all kids were enjoying lacrosse, even that for some of them was the first time that even heard about the sport. So this is the same, like how awesome it's going to be to not only offer math hoops, NBA, right, but baseball, uh, soccer. I know you were trying to do football, which... I will never help with because I don't understand the game in real life. So I cannot even imagine the board game. But baseball, football. sure. Yeah. Soccer, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but how cool it could be then to expand not only that you can build those bridges among socioeconomic and cultural backgrounds, but also among different uh, choices. You know, like you could have different teams playing and, and celebrating all this diversity among sports and learning about all these different cultures. And on a global tournament, even kids that don't speak the same language speak in the math language, right. which is universal. So I think we can learn a lot from that uh, in terms of how that can help us create common ground instead of, you know, looking and paying attention to the things that separate us. Because what grow is what we pay attention to. So absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. The math language is a really important point. I'm, I'm getting an MBA right now through the University of Chicago. And to be quite honest, I mean, 95 percent of the math that we're doing is addition, subtraction, multiplication, percentages, decimals and fractions. <laughs> it's all MBA math hoops, basically. And you know, this is a school that's, you know, a leading business school globally. And the the reality is that we get so wrapped up in content sometimes like, what is the actual thing that the students are doing academically? And yes, that's important. Content matters, right? We need to teach students the right things in the right way. Um, but the way, the how, also matters a lot. And so the, the ability to build programs that aren't just content-focused, but also focused on the experience. We often say the MBA Matthews experience. I think that matters a lot. And it's a positive experience that it will transcend that negative experience or that negative negative self perception that some students have like i'm not good at math you know like that's in girls right girls think they're not good at math yeah. and demonstrating as you said well you know 
pairing skills, like the kids that is good in the sport, the kids that is good in the math. In your case, was a girl that was good in the math. In my case, too. But I mean, in in, in general, we, that's the message we hear, right? For for the STEM careers, girl thing that that's too hard. Right. So. Yeah. Calvin, do you want to talk about the global connections piece as well? Yeah, that's uh, steep that you asked that. So because um, I remember after when I got hired with Learn Fresh and I joined the team, I did this interview for the Skillman Foundation, and they were just asking me, you know, what is our mission and plan? And I didn't really know because I was just really excited. Um, about this game, NBA Matthews. I was just on fire about it. And I said, uh, what I believe is that this program is going to help our kids be able to compete in a global society that we're in. And I was just thinking, like, I was saying that based on kids in the United States being able to go anywhere. And now it has flipped and done the, the opposite. Now... I'm in South Africa, in Johannesburg, looking at students that want to come to America for the first time, like they all did. And as I and I was in the moment like, oh, I wish I wish they all could come right now. But the champions were the ones that were selected to come. So now it's like full circle. Now we're talking about all the kids being able to compete in this global society and be able to interact and and have fun and learn and and be who they are. I didn't even realize when I spoke and said that that it's that's really what's happening now. So I'm I I just can't wait. <laughs> I'm I'm excited for June. June is right around the corner, but I just I just can't wait to see those same kids interact with with all the kids and have fun and exchange numbers. I remember back in the day when we had pen pals, I'm telling my age, but uh, pen pals was how we connected with people in other places. Still happens. And it still does happen. <laughs> See, I'm <Yeah>. saying. <laughs> but that moment was like, wow, like that's how it should be. We should all be trying to help each other. And when we talk about a board game, it goes beyond the game. It's the experience. It's who they meet. It's, you know, it, this, they could be lifelong friends after this. And, and uh, when I think about those kids in South Africa, how this could be, well, one, this is their first time coming. And then this could be the goal to maybe they want to live in the United States and make a change uh, in that space. So it's it's a full circle moment for me and just really excited about where we're going. We're, like we're, what does P. Diddy say? Can't stop, won't stop. That's how I feel like we are. Like we've got, we've got the vehicles and, and we're driving them everywhere and we're helping kids um, and we're changing their lives. Absolutely. Well, thank you both for the conversation today. It's been awesome to reflect and spend some time thinking about the past as we move to the future. For the folks in the room, first off, definitely invite you to check out the other podcast episodes that we have. Uh, we have a roster of them on Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, wherever wherever you listen. Uh, and then come and see us throughout the conference. We have a, a pretty sizable space in the exhibit hall where we'll be showing multiple programs. We have NBA Math Hoops. We have our baseball program, which is largely implemented over the summer for folks in out-of-school time. Um, maybe you could be like these folks and go to our you know, global event as well or some of our regional events. Uh, and then just for the future, uh, we have a MLS program called STEM Goals, which is going to be launching early 2024, focused on soccer and STEM, and a new program called Eco Tour, which allows students to design a performing artist tour through a board game while That's focusing on awesome. environmental and financial sustainability. That's awesome. That'll be higher level, middle school, high school level. Um, so we'll, I'll actually be with that, the first version of that product, kind of showcasing it and play testing it a little bit. So if you want to check it out, come on over to the booth. We'd be happy to, happy to have you. All right. Thanks, everyone. Appreciate you. The Learn Fresh podcast is produced by myself, Calvin Seibert, Nick Monzi, and Sumner Becker with additional production assistance from Caitlin Patterson. Sumner Becker also does our engineering, editing, and music. The Learn Fresh podcast is part of the Side Audio Network, an audio community founded by Jeremiah Ote and Naranjan Kumar. 
The Side Audio Network hosts podcasts that aim to transfer trust between people and communities through storytelling and conversation. 